Meanwhile, at the Summer's house on the moon. Jean Grey, this feels weird. What are we doing with all of these dead bodies? Oh my God, Polaris, just shut up. I mean, ever since we were able to like combine our powers where you like use your magnetic stuff to be an MRI and I use my psychic abilities, we can read the minds of dead people. And so since I didn't really have a childhood since Xavier kidnapped me, my parents died, I wouldn't have a sleepover. And instead of a Ouija board, we're gonna read actual dead bodies. I cannot believe we exhumed the corpses of these dead celebrities. Oh my god, they're humans. We're mutants. It doesn't even count, okay? Who cares about humans? All right, so anyway, here, I'm going to take a look who I got first. Are you ready? Look who it is. It's... It's, oh, I know it's decomposed, so it's hard to tell. It's little Richard. All right, you ready? Let's use our powers. Let's get into his mind. Okay. Oh my God. Oh, little Richard, I love you. What's going on? What's the afterlife like? Oh, the afterlife's great. You know, my secret was that I was gay. Oh, well, that really wasn't that much of a secret. Okay, he doesn't have anything interesting to give. Okay, bye. Okay, all right. That was kind of obvious. I'm cold. All right, are you ready for the next one? Yes. Here he is. This one you can probably tell because it hasn't been that long. Ah, it's Alex Trebek. Oh, I love Jeopardy. All right, here we go. Can you hear me, Alex Trebek? What is yes? Okay, um, I just, I really need to know, like, who do you want to be your replacement host? Because I think they're just going to pick, like, some white person. Who is LeVar Burton, damn it? Oh, my God. I knew it. I knew it. Thank you, Alex. Oh, final answer. Here Gene, is, you know final, yeah. ans- final answer is not that game show. Oh, wait. What was that guy? Regis Philbin. Well, look. He's here, too. Regis oh. Philbin. Okay. <laughs> let's go in his mind. Wee. Oh, hey. How's it going? It's me, Regis Philbin. Hey, Regis. I want you to tell that bitch, Kathy Lee Gifford, that she can suck it. <laughs> I have it on good authority that Hoda Kotb tells her that every day. Oh, lesbians. All right, all right, that's enough. Oh my God. What? Okay, what? and I have, all right, I have one more. Are okay. you ready? Look yes. who it is. <gasps> It's Jennifer Tilly. It's Jennifer Tilly. What? What is going? I'm not dead. I'm what? Jennifer Tilly's charmed, charmed Jennifer Tilly. I'm not dead. But we haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, I'm a poker player now. Oh, no one cares uh, about that. What? No one cares. All right. Um. Ugh. Here, just throw her through the goddamn gate. Here, can you take all these bodies back? Bye. What? Bye. All right, now, um, what's the next thing you do at sleepovers? How about we take um, Rachel Summers' bra and put it in the freezer? Let's do it. Yay! Yay! (laughs) 
Hello, everybody, and welcome to Comic Book Queers, the CBQ Legacy. This is episode 190, and I'm your host, oh. Jeff. And with me is our other host, Britt. Hi. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Thank you for listening. Oh, my God. Things are crazy right now. They are? Yeah. I mean, fucking Jean Grey and Polaris can read the minds of dead people. Listen, this new X-Men team, they just they just be working together and we love to see it. And we'll talk about it in a little bit. But first, I think we need to get some... What are you gonna hear? Oh! Hot topics! Yay! Hot topics! What's in the news, Evil Jeff? What's well, that? okay, here's the deal. And it's so kind of crazy. <gasps> uh-huh. Back in around, I'd say, 2009-ish... My favorite comic of all time was Why the Last Man. I even bought the trades of all of it. And then I dated someone who borrowed them, also loved it. And then when we broke up, said he didn't know where they were anymore. Oh, they disappeared like so many men. Yes, exactly. And Why the Last Man from the brilliant uh, Brian K. Vaughn, um, they kept on saying, it's going to be a movie, it's going to be a TV show, it's going to be a movie, it's going to be a TV show. And finally, a couple of years ago, they're like, no, it's going to be a TV show. And we finally got the trailer. It's coming out in like a month. It looks incredible. It's going to be on Hulu, possibly FX as well. I'm not sure. But FX on Hulu, is it's like, it's a whole, it's a whole little imprint and it's wonderful. It's the currently American Horror Stories, which yeah. I'm sure is your favorite show is no, on there. No. They're going to add Why the Last Man. But I'm confused by the the casting. I have to tell you that I thought what, a long time ago, I read that Barry Kogan, Barry Keegan, was going to play Yorick. Who's that? Barry Keegan, who's playing Druig in the upcoming Eternals film. Right. The only other thing I know him from is Dunkirk. He's the boy that hits his head on the boat and then dies at the end. I did not see Dunkirk. Oh, you should see Dunkirk. It's very good. Okay. Who directed it? Someone famous, right? Yeah, Nolan. Nolan, right. Sam Mendes? No, Nolan. No, I think it's Nolan. Anyway, Um, it's not Barry Keegan. It's it's, it's this actor who I don't know who it is, but he looks wonderful and ripe for Yorick. Oh, Yorick. Because Yorick's kind of a loser. Yeah, a loser with a loser pet monkey. Ampersand, oh, possibly the thing that got me the most excited when I watched the trailer for why was seeing Ampersand. Um, yeah, it's just going to be pretty... Uh, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Because I, I, I have such high expectations for this show that um, it's going to be very easily to piss me off. Yeah. Uh, luckily, Diane Lane, Diane Ladd, is Could be the president. The president. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not sure who plays Agent 355, but she looks wonderful. Yeah. I also that will to say me is going to like make or break. Agent but Trump. that's the other thing though is because I don't have the trades, I really never like usually if I have the trades of stuff, I like every few years I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to reread this." I haven't reread it in like 12 years. So my oh. mind but and part of me is like, "Should I reread it or should I watch it fresh? What do you think's better, Brett?" I think you should reread it right before it start. You know, like be one step ahead of it. Yeah. You're you right. know, okay. like read it alongside but be one step ahead yeah ah i can't wait for it i can't wait i can't wait i can't wait i would like i remember when i did read the original run i wound up skipping through a little bit of the amazon stuff in like the early middle 
Oh, when is it's his sister, right? Yeah. Who becomes yeah. the Amazon? Yeah, that yeah. yeah, there's some parts that drag a little bit, but that once drag it, a little bit. But once but... it kind of picks up towards the end, then it's like, ooh. Yes. It really does pick up. And it has an amazing ending. An amazing I, last I don't page. Like, One of the best last pages of a comic book yeah. ever. Because it's also kind of like, I love this because basically, if you're like, what is this show about? It's just called, We Don't Need No Man, No We How, Don't Need Men. Ever. Right. <laughs> I'm, another thing I'm excited for is the scene where all the men die. Well, of course, that's kind of the big, it's iconic. amazing thing. Well, that's in the comic. It opens up with just these statistics. Where it's like, 95% of all pilots are men. 90% of this are men. It's just showing you like, like just these statistics of like, what would happen if they disappeared? All of that. Planes would start raining down from the sky. Like, it's just insane of all the things that would happen if men instantly died. Ugh. Crazy. Crazy. So that's exciting. In other news, also exciting... We are leading up to Inferno, the big uh, story being told in the X-Men books. Um, A story that harkens back to our favorite crossover ever from the late 80s, early 90s, late 80s, Inferno. That one was about demons. This one seems to be about maybe a fall of Krakoa, Uh, maybe the deceit happening in, in, in so many leadership circles on Krakoa. Yeah. Secrets coming out and those secrets destroying this utopian society they have got they've got going on. And the thing that's amazing is they're showing they're doing the exact same ads as the, the original ads. Uh, Inferno ads. And you and I were both obsessed with those triptych yes. three character mysterious teaser ads for the original Inferno. These have been recreated, and there are three that I've seen. Uh, there's one, and it's all about trust. It's all about not being able to be trusted. So we've got one that stars or features Mystique, Destiny, and Moira, saying that our enemies cannot be trusted. We've got one that raise, raises a lot of eyebrows, features Colossus, Psylocke, and Bishop, saying our allies cannot be trusted. And then we've got one that I've seen a lot of people on X Twitter up in arms about featuring Xavier Magneto and one Emma Frost saying our leaders cannot be trusted. What up in arms in what way? Up in arms saying the hell she can't. Don't lump Emma Frost in with Xavier. Oh, well, here, no, but if you look, no, 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 but I think. She can be trusted. No, but I, this is what I think. If you notice who's in these, I think one, I think in these, it's people pitted against each other. Like Mystique, Moira, and Destiny, like they're against each other. And she's in the middle. Isn't Emma in the middle? I think Emma is the one saying our leaders can't be trusted. I think that, that. I think them in the triptych is Emma, the one like busting them. I think that's what yeah, and perhaps Moira is saying Mystique and Destiny cannot be trusted. Exactly. Maybe then, even by that logic, Quanin Psylocke is saying Colossus and Bishop cannot be trusted. Could you imagine? Or they could be saying that she can't be trusted because she's on Sinister's uh, down low. Yeah, but not for long after the Hellions episode, which we will get to. We will talk about that soon. But so exciting to see these Triptych House ads come back. 
so good. up to. I mean, when this starts, when this high. starts, I mean, literally, like, literally the first, like, like, episode of this when we're recapping is just going to be us, like, just jizzing. Just, like, just jizzing. Uh, and then Moira showed up. Uh. Oh, and then Emma was like, oh. <laughs> It's going to be insane. Oof. Cannot wait. Well, should we just talk speaking, about the X-Men? Yeah, speaking of those X-Books. Yeah, let's get into get it. it. I want your X. So we've got two weeks of books to catch up on because we took a little break last week. We've got Wolverine number 14, Sword number 7, and then we'll be talking about X-Men number 2 and Hellions number 14. I did not read Wolverine. You fool! Because I Wolverine's always awful. So, of course, the one Wolverine issue that you skip is Christian and Emma Frost. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? You dummy! Uh, All right, what happened? Bring it down. Set it up for me. It opens with Logan in Madripoor talking about how dangerous Madripoor is. We know. And we cut to the Marauder, the burnt out Marauder after somebody quote-unquote, murdered Christian Frost and then set the Marauder afire. Keeping in mind that the Marauder and Christian were carrying those Shi'ar logic diamonds that Emma did not remember ordering at the Hellfire Gala. As we know, the logic diamonds are used to house... Wait, in the Wolverine, she says, like, she doesn't... Wait, what? No. In the Hellfire Gala, she says she doesn't remember ordering the logic. Oh, diamonds. she said that then. Okay, all right. Yes. Uh, Christian, not dead, by the way. Was he just burnt? Severely contused. No, he was dumped over before the ship oh, was okay. set ablaze. So he is. Um, f- he was found floating in the Atlantic, um, concussed and hypothermic, but not dead. But he was so used to taking those cold boners from Iceman. Yeah. That he was used to the... Oh, no, but Iceman's a bottom. Yeah, the hypothermia... Iceman's a bottom. He was so used to sticking his wiener into the cold bottom of Iceman. There we go. The hypothermia is from Iceman, not from floating in the ocean. (laughs) Passed out. So um, Wolverine is able to track down somebody who he believes was involved in um, uh, the, the Marauder being set ablaze. And he does find some clues. There's some acid um, that was burned through the floor. There's like a, a few signs. So Wolverine is in Madripoor and he goes to the dude who he knows, knows something about the Marauder. And the guy's like, I don't know nothing about nothing. And Wolverine is like, well, clearly you do. And then all of a sudden in comes a pair of white boots and a voice that says, of course he's lying. <laughs> and Logan's like, what's up, Emma? And she's like, let me read this fucker's mind. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know if you want to get involved. And she's like, no, no, no. Not only am I getting involved, I know you think you're here on behalf of X-Force. You're here on behalf of the Hellfire Trading Company. That's my brother and my boat. And she has a great line. Whoever did this is my future victim. (laughs) So long story short about this issue, Emma gets a little bit of information from the guy's head. 
it leads Wolverine down a path, like very law and order, like to the next person, to the next person, to the next person, until he realizes that this Iraqi mutant was involved somehow. Okay. Um, so this Iraqi mutant and Wolverine, they kind of tussle a little bit. Um, they fight, they, like they wind up gaining each other's respect. Um, and basically Wolverine is like, okay, so what kind of powers does this other mutant have? He's, he's like really big. He's got super strength. Um, he's got big, sharp teeth. I think the acid that burned through the floor was like him, maybe his blood. Okay. I got to reread that. And then at the end, basically like, well, Wolverine's like, all right, he's drinking with the guy. And he's like, okay, well, who put you up to whatever your role on this boat was? And the guy's like, Solemn. Solemn did it. I'm working for Solemn. Now, is that the one that he, is that the one that he battled against in Ten of Swords? In Ten of Swords, yeah. That kind of like dark reflection of Wolverine. Who has the adamantium skin. Yeah, yeah, the one who was like in the threesome that went horribly awry instead of the threesome that fixed everything. Yes. So next chapter is Wolverine kind of going, confronting Solemn and figuring out what Solemn knows and how Solemn was involved in this whole. Oh, well, I'll, I'll go back and read that because I'm like, finally, a Wolverine plotline I can get into. It's really good. It's like, um, it feels, it feels like a movie almost. It's very tight it's very is it a different writer no it's still benjamin percy okay yeah yeah it's pretty good all right check it out i will then we had and then we also sword. had sword 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 seven s-w-o-r-d Woo! it's a tie-in to the last annihilation yeah so does are we gonna have to read all of those i'm not the thing that is cool is when we were, I was reading the whole thing when Teddy took over and they did say, show a future thing where they're like, in yes. the future, you see Abigail Brand like, come with me if you want to live. And then this is the issue it happened. where that happened. And you're like, oh, this that. has all been planned. I do love the idea that how all of this is the, the idea of the mutants taking over Mars is affecting the entire Marvel universe as a whole. I kind of love that. I do too. There's a ripple effect in the cosmic corner of the Marvel Universe. It's being felt. It's not being ignored. Love that Al Ewing, basically, he's basically writing the cosmic corner of the Marvel Universe and S.W.O.R.D. So it's all under his pen. It's all under his vision. And what a talented writer he is. And now, especially with the the next two things, where a part of me is like, okay, we need to do... All right, and I love everybody, and I even kind of love the scenes, but Storm is more than just a grandstand. Like, I feel like all they're showing her is going like, I am Storm, don't threaten me. Like, I feel like- Queen of soul. I'm the queen of soul. Yeah, can can we give her a little more depth here? Like, it's almost like the cartoon character, like, thunder (laughs) calls me. So do you think this issue kind of goes deeper than that? Or this issue is guilty of that? I think they're a little guilty of that. I mean, it's cool. I think it's cool. I think maybe it wasn't. But then when I... But then she's in... um, Whatchamacallit? In... In... uh, Is it X-Men? No. Hellions. Hellions. She's doing the same thing. 
Yeah. I think it was when I saw both of them, I'm like, oh, is this all we're using for her? Is her like meeting up with big, big wigs and being like, don't, you know, don't fuck with me, fellas. This isn't my first <laughs> rodeo. You know what I mean? very <laughs> Like, yeah, that's what I'm just saying. It's like, it was cool this first time. And then the second time I'm like, okay. And the okay, third time I, I see Storm, she better not be doing some more grandstanding or then I'm going to be like fucking pissed. But listen, like, don't poop all over her dinner with Dr. Doom. No, it was cool. It was, it was cool. It was else. cool. It was cool. And that was most of this issue was her and Doom in this conversation. But it really was like a dick contest. Yeah. And she's like, my dick is bigger. She's like, my dick is so much bigger and prettier. I did love that she hearkened back to when Doom teamed up with Arcade and fought the X-Men oh, yeah. turning Storm into a chrome statue. She she was like, oh, you mean like the time you turned me into a chrome statue? Oh, and then he brought up like, oh, and now you're not just the wife of a king. Like they, they were doing some like burns. Some, like, oh, and then she cuts. was like, do you really want to go there? Do you really want to talk about marriage? Because I'm hearing your bride-to-be fucked. <laughs> How the fuck did she hear that? You know, Emma Frost came in being like, hey, um, Aurora, um, I've been eavesdropping and just let you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Be like, Iceman and Dakin just had a threesome with um, Johnny Storm. And <laughs> he told them <laughs> that he another Another wonderful thing of the Cosmic Corner and the Mutant Corner clashing together is Teddy's take on Wanda being the pretender and the enemy of Krakoa. And Teddy saying to Agent Brand... Billy and I tried to get in touch with her and it's as if she's gone. And Brand is like, well, ain't that some shit? I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, she's like, well, I mean, she's just like, fuck, I can't let them know that the mutants fucking, (laughs) that everyone thinks the mutants killed its mom. Because I'm like hanging by a thread with all of these alliances. And clearly, you know, I mean... All they, they're going to get in touch with his brother. I mean, the brother's going to call them and tell them. I mean, it's she can't keep it from them. So that's going to be no. interesting when all that goes down. No. She can just be like, I didn't know yet. <laughs> I didn't lie. I just I just didn't. I hadn't heard yet. Yeah. Um, that's why I said what I said. But also, Agent Brand is playing some dirty poker here. She's intercepting messages to the Avengers. Yeah. That, in these order are things to that are going to sword. Yeah. Yes. This, these oh, things yes. are going to bite her in the ass. These are going to be the thing. Like, she's very, um, to give another preview of something we'll be talking about later, she's very Amanda Waller. Oh, my God. You know what? That is, the, that's perfect. Because especially her in the comics, it's, 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 she's like, I know what it is. It comes down to, she's a micromanager. She doesn't she really trust is. anyone else to do anything. She's like, I need to make sure everything runs through me. So I can make sure it's okay. She really is a micromanager, but I can see how not having enough power or access during Carol Danvers' Alpha Flight experiment led her to be like, no, I need to have my fingers on everything. Yeah. But my thing in the end is what I still am not 100% sure of. And I think she tried to like talk about this in earlier, but it's like, what's, what's your game? Because she's kind of like, I'm not in this for the mutants. I'm not in this for Earth. I mean, like, but it's kind of like, what are you in this for? Just for you? But then what do you want? Are you looking for power? Like, what does she, what is her end game? 
I'm yeah, interested I mean, in that. I'm not sure. She, it's definitely like political power in this kind of cosmic. But she's still a good guy. Like she's not yeah, evil. She's so just... then it's kind of like, but she's doing all these evil things. So I'm like, for what? And I she's think, a but is it all just for like peace? I think it's control. I think I, she's I like think, only, she's one of those things like hand. only I can give peace everywhere. Only I can fix this. Oh my God, Trump. Okay. Yeah. My favorite part of this issue was how delicious the ice cream and cake pops looked that Doom and Storm were enjoying on Mars. <laughs> they looked so good. <laughs> I hate cake pops. I do too, especially watching someone make them. Yeah, you're just like, just take a cake and mush it up. <laughs> and just take a cake and put your dirty fucking hands through it. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I think uh, maybe we should talk about Hellions. Hellions because of the storm connection. Yes. Uh, so we're seeing a little bit more of the... Um, the Araco, uh, the Araco Council, the gr- the ring, the great ring, the great ring, and it seems like all is not well with them. It seems like everyone's kind of on board. Like, hey, we got this new world. This is pretty good. So we're gonna like we're gonna keep chill. the peace and chill. And all of these things that um, Krakoa has set up is good, but someone is not down with it. Tarn the uncaring. Tarn the uncaring. He's not down with it. He feels uh, that somebody kind of stole some of his data and he knows that they're in Araco. And so he's like, let it all burn. He's like the mystique of Araco. He's like, I'm going to get, well, he's like, I'm going to get those motherfuckers. I don't know about let it all burn, but he's like, he really, really is an even darker reflection of Sinister in that He's the member of the Quiet Council that has his completely own agenda, cannot be trusted. I mean, you can argue Mystique too, but there's a lot of similarities between Tarn and Sinister. Both in the way they play with genetics and... The only different thing with Sinister compared to Mystique is Sinister, like even Psylocke and all, they're like, he's doing all these horrible down and dirty things. He's doing all this stuff. If the council found out, I'm like, bitch, they want... Xavier Magneto want him to do all of this. Yes. They they brought him in because they want him. Because in this one, later on, he says the word, what is it? How do you say it? Chimera? Chimera? I always say Chimera. Chimera. As soon as he said that, it's like, yep, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> this is oh, what I they got want. chills. I got chills that we finally, okay, here they are. Like, we are starting yeah. the Chimera. Um, uh, I also say Chimera. <laughs> I was about to say you just said it a different way. Than I you just did. changed it. <laughs> Some fun things on this great ring. So, first of all, love the reveal that Storm sits not only on the Quiet Council, but also the Great Ring. Mm-hmm. Also Iraqis, Iraqo's government. I also love that she's like, Tarn, if you pull any shit, we're going to fuck you up. And he's like, I'm going to pull some shit. And she's like, he's not listening to me. Will someone else say something? Because I'm about to fuck him up. Well, here's the thing that's interesting is next to him is a girl. And I don't know if she's ever been introduced <gasps> before. But she she's, has. She's been, she was in Ten of Swords. But she's a seer. What would she do in Ten of Swords? Um, 
they mention her or something. She has a minor role in something before. They've mentioned her. But she hasn't actually like done because also they're saying no. that she's no longer talking. They also imply that Tarn took her vocal cords. Oh, is that why she's not talking? That's the implication. Or that's that's what I inferred. Well, that. here's the interesting thing is if they found out that there is a seer on Hello. I want to know what Moira thinks of that. I feel like that's not an accident. There's no way that Hickman sent up set up a seer showing up in Araco. Mm-mm. And Moira must have known about this seer before, if like during her apocalypse life. Exactly. The other thing, I, I would love to see a scene where she's meeting up with her, being like, "You shut the fuck up." <laughs> I also kind of want to see like what would happen if another young mutant shows up that has um, prognostication type powers. Like, what would they do? Would they silence right. them? Would they try to turn right. them off? I Because I want to see kind of that down and dirty stuff that they're doing. I that nasty. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're about to in Inferno. All that shit's going to come out. I know. I can't wait. So the bulk of this issue, though, is Hellions versus Tarn the Uncaring's crew round two. And, and this time, the Hellions kind of come out on top. Well, this is because we're finding out what it is. That when you died on Araco and then came back, you're actually the body was trained and remembers the death. And so that their bodies were trained to overcome and they were prepared for right. that battle, which I find fascinating. Fascinating. So Nanny, Wild Child, and Orphan Maker kill three of um what are their names? The Uncaring. Yeah, and the best is like empath great gross i like an africa like what the fuck's going on because <laughs> they're just like wait there's two sinisters wait you did the wait you've been lying oh wait they're fucking killing everybody like they're kind of just sitting there like what the fuck is happening just in disbelief except empath who is like has has a semi yeah yeah he's kind of like this is hot <laughs> <laughs> so gross so gross so this is actually coming off an issue you and i never talked about um which is a focus on the two sinisters battling the return of the sinister that was supposed to die. Yeah. Um, coming back and bringing the uncaring with him. Um, and then these two sinisters who were battling all through last issue will ultimately come together at the end of this one because sinister prime, as I'll call him has revealed to the other one he has created the Chimera. I also love that um, Tarn, I'm still confused of exactly what his powers are. He's very all-powerful. But it's. do you think it's like, I feel like he almost, his mutant power is that he can control all DNA, maybe? Yeah. And I think in a weird me. way that makes him also the ability to read minds and do, like, I feel like he has just... He yeah. literally can just tap into any DNA circuits, circuitry of like human organic matter. Sure. Because he was able to take Wild Child and just pull out the change in him and turned him back to normal. He reverted him. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite things is that he also reveals what that Sinister murdered all of them. Yes. And then he's like, don't believe what he says. He's like, oh, don't believe the, the fucking memories in oh, your goddamn man. head. The, the writing, dynamic between the two sinisters. The writing so the writing on this is so fucking good. 
Um, it's so fucking funny. Um, they they peer off, and then in the end, they also leave. And it kind of looks like it just ends with like Psylocke, Havoc, and them like just like what the fuck. They're basically stuck with Tarn. Yeah, the two sinisters escape, leaving the Hellions on Bar Sinister with Tarn and the two remaining um, uncaring. Yeah, and that's the thing is like, what is he going to do to them? He also knows like they didn't do anything. It's sinister. So it's like, is there a reason to kill any of them? There isn't. Or is he going to change them? Is he going to do something to them? Yeah, like, but is, is this, is he going to befriend them? Yeah. You know, if Storm is like, stop fucking with people, is Tarn going to be like, okay, well, she said stop fucking with people. So instead what we're going to do is like have an orgy. I don't know. Oh my God. Dance party. So good. So good. Continues to be so good. Other thing I loved is Scalp Hunter saying to Empath, you pretty much sacrificed yourself to save our lives. And Empath was like, ew, no, I didn't. I would never do anything like that. Fuck off. Shut up. (laughs) Oh, the problem I have now with the X-Men world is these characters are being written so well, but there's still just not enough time in the day. Like I want, I want this comic to come out every day. I want more. There's so much you can dig into. I want, I want more empath. I want more. It's that's the thing is when it's this good, I just want so much more. I know it's unfair. Too much of a good thing. But speaking of too much of a good thing, let's talk about, X-Men number two. This book is, it is the best of everything. Yeah. It is the best of writing. It is the best of characters. It's the it best, is the of best of battles, of, art, of fights. Of color, of action. Like, it is a quintessential quality comic. These action scenes, I will say this, I don't think any x-men book before has really thought out how the x-men should be fighting as a team as this book has do you know what it reminds me of and this is silly it reminds me of the end of brian singer's first x-men where they are all trapped inside the head of the statue of liberty yeah and they work together to get out yeah like Gene floats Scott's visor and like tilts it so that it blows Storm's things off. Like it's, it's, I was like, it's that. It's them always, always relying on the power of friendship. But even the things where it's just like, wait, I have an idea. I need Polaris. And then like I need, and Sink's like, I'll come with you. And she's like, no, you might need to use Sunfire's powers too. So you stay here and Polaris come with me. Like they're constantly in this like, thing of using each other's powers to help each other it's just fascinating and it was like oh yes this is what it's supposed it's the to be ultimate like we're in this together and i think people don't everyone approach. just used the x-men where it was always like no people just want to see wolverine running up and slashing somebody and one-on-one fights and you fight this person and then you fight this person it's like that's not how it would really work this is how it would really fucking work they're fucking Vol- x-men voltron yeah the other thing that works so much about this book is this villain, Cordycep Jones, who, by the way, is mentioned um, in Guardians of the Galaxy Annual that focuses on Hercules. Cordycep Jones is mentioned in that, too. This, like, 
weird casino that he's running where they're just throwing villain after villain at the X-Men. Yeah. What a great, simple concept of like, all right, everybody, roll the dice. The next villain is... <laughs> and they're in a black hole, so it. time is moving faster. Right, so they can just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, the one thing... That must be weird, though, where it's like, hey, honey, I'm just going to go gamble for a night, but I'll be back in, like, six months. Six months. But, it's just uh, like- but then also, there's another villain that they're setting up for the long game of the guy that wanted to conquer Mars, that, that right. missed out, and he's a fucking yes. creeper. He's a creeper. So we've got these, like, fun throwaway villains while, like, the real main threat... Except how, how do you show someone's evil? In. Have a murder a child. That's it. <laughs> Let's murder a nice woman and child. Okay, you're a bad guy. But I love that the villain of the week that is thrown at them this time is the fucking Annihilation Wave. Yeah. That's no joke. Nope. Well, it is, but it is a joke because they fucking beat it willy-nilly, no problem. Because they're so good. And they have Sunfire, who was like, poof. And I didn't realize that's what Sunfire's powers were kind of based on. Me neither. Very havocky. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that I find interesting is that Sync is is training with each of the X-Men, it seems, to really learn how to use their powers at their fullest potential. Yeah. I have a question. Is Sync's... How different is Sync's powers from Hope Summers? I wouldn't think too different. Is he the Hope replacement for the five? He could be. He very much could be. I think he is. Yeah, absolutely. I also love that he is kind of the audience character, the the Kitty Pride. You know, like we're seeing a lot of this through Sink's eyes. Yeah, and I here for his journey. And I love that Jean Grey is just kind of like talking to him about like he's like admitting to her like I want to tell Laura like what we went through. We had. I want to show her. I just want to download. Yeah. And she, if she asks, and Jean is like, if she does ask, you you can have my power, and you can do that. But what is the sync line that I really love? What? No doubt. Emma said, I would learn a lot from you. Oh, yeah, she was right. Yeah. Because you're reminded that Sync's mama is Emma, Emma Frost. Frost. Yeah. And that Emma Frost loves Everett Thomas more than most people on this planet. Yeah. What was the... She murdered her own sister. Was it to save him? Death. Oh, oh, because it was over his... That's it right, was it was his death. Revenge right, for murdering right. him. Right, right. That's she right, it was him. Yes. It was him. Shit. And you know it's dark if she's giving Jean Grey... Like, she's no, you know it's love if you're giving Jean Grey a compliment. Oh yeah, but Emma's right. But you know, she's like, "You'll learn a lot." She'll be bloody showing off, little cunt. (laughs) You'll learn a lot. (laughs) And then, really, in this annihilation wave battle, we just see the combination of powers happen over and over, from Jean and Polaris hitting them all with giant logs to Rogue and Cyclops turning the logs into splinters and shooting. Oh, that was great too. The monsters. That was fantastic. Um, the whole thing with Polaris passing her force field to sync to control. Amazing. Amazing. And then the biggest is creating, making a a magnetic MRI for her to piece together dead, dying memories. Oh, what? What potential? 
At just the fact that Jean Grey was like, oh, I just realized I can do this. She's so fucking powerful. Jean even learning how to do things. Yeah, but that's how fucking powerful she is. I think that's the other thing is, I think she's like so kind of like loving and caring and motherly. Like Storm is like, don't fuck with me, I have tons of power. Emma Frost, don't fuck with me, I have tons of power. Jean's kind of like... La, 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 la. But you know she's more powerful than... <laughs> I will say this. Yeah. They're both Omega. Who do you think is more powerful? Jean Grey or Aurora Monroe? I mean, like, you, you can't, like... Or, there's such different powers. There's such different powers, but, like, there's little... Like, Storm has got that willpower. It's very difficult for a psychic to do anything to Storm. If there was a psychic oh, that can just shut down... Wait Storm's a minute. Brain, okay. Jean. Can I... Can I... This remind me back picture it 13 years old sicily (laughs) me 13 years old my best friend at the time his name was peter we would play he he's the one that got me into reading x-men and this is right when uh uh outback was happening sure and of course he was like storm 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 he was a little faggot too storm 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 it is all about storm and i was like psylocke 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 and then we would get into these fights of who was more powerful and of course, me thinking back, I'm like, yes, Storm's more powerful. But back then I was like, no, Psylocke is more powerful. And then he's like, no, in the nanny issue, Storm breaks the butterfly effect that Psylocke oh, had on yeah. her. But then I was like, no, but Psylocke was reduced to a little kid. So it doesn't count. And I remember us like having this huge fight over that issue God. of who was really more powerful. Did you touch each other's butts? Oh, no. We actually ended up becoming mortal enemies. <gasps> Peter! He, um, in high school, when we both got to high school, we were both, like, beat up for being gay. And where I yeah. just became a goth, depressed kid, he changed his voice and then started talking like this and joined the track team and then decided to make fun of me. And then he <gasps> became my main bully. Oh, my God. I feel like he became, like, Elizabeth Holmes. With her fake deep voice <laughs> from Theranos. Yeah. Ew, he Elizabeth's home to... Oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, I will say that is the weird thing. When gay guys try to talk straight, a lot of them end up just sounding, like, gayer. I remember when I was Elizabeth like... They were like, they were like, talk straight, and then you're like, Hello. Hello. How are you? You just sound like a drag queen. <laughs> you sound like a drag queen. <laughs> Oh, God. Listen, back to this issue. The other thing I love is Sunfire saving everybody and all the Kansas people being like, hey, thanks so much, buddy. And he's like, you know what? I used to be so mean. Can I just have five minutes to tell you my origin story? Random strangers from Kansas. That was so funny. And then they're all like, yeah, okay. You want some barbecue? (laughs) Okay. You want some barbecue? What is it? He's like, I'm a good person now. You want barbecue? No. What is his backstory of why he was mean? He's just mean. We never got to it. Well, they were showing kind of like him growing up and things. I'm like, has that been explored before? Or is this just a new thing that people are... I think I think we're gonna invent some new backstory. Okay, for I didn't know if because like, I don't remember Sunfire being in anything long enough that I we got really yeah. backstories of it. Yeah, but I was waiting for them to be like, "You made Corona," like <laughs> because it was Kansas people. I was waiting for them to say something racist. Oh, they're so nice, and also Gene is very um, touchy feely with 
with Sunfire to the point where like Scott's like holding a bunch of something. He's holding something and Scott's looking at Jean kind of like with her arm in Sunfire's arm. I'm like, is this our next threesome? Yeah, foursome. Foursome. She's like, I already implanted the thought in his head <laughs> of me what I look like naked while you're entering me, Scott. He'll be coming knocking on the moon door any day now. <laughs> so let me ask you this. This scene at the end, Dr. Stasis, that is not the Mars guy, right? This is another Orcus person? Oh, I thought that was the Mars guy. I'm is... not sure because like these half beast creatures. Well, it had that helmet in the front. And for some reason, I thought that was the other guy. Yeah, I'm not but sure. But maybe it's I'm not. not. Okay. I don't know. I think this is a different person Jesus because then Christ. he writes the Orcus memo at the end, and it's not about being on Mars and stuff. It's about like the old Orcus. Oh, I guess. Stuff. But is that other? Is the Mars guy part of Orcus? I don't think so. Okay. Oh, Jesus! That's another person. Yeah. Oh, well, fucking. No, creeper. there's a lot of threats. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. More things to keep track of. Okay. So we have. Pretty soon, we're going to have uh, Children of the Atom ending Thank God. next week. Thank God. Um, we're still a ways. My point is, we're still a ways away from the trial of Magneto. And I'm like, can we hurry up? Does the trial of Magneto happen the same time as Inferno? I don't know. <sighs> hurry up. Well, we know what we don't have to hurry up for anymore. The release what? of Suicide Squad. That's right. The Suicide the Squad. Suicide the Squad. Suicide Squad. Yes. Um, why don't we talk about it? We both saw it. That's right. Hit it. Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. The Suicide Squad. I love that rather than calling Suicide Squad 2, it is called The Suicide Squad. Because in a way to say, this is The Suicide Squad. This is the actual And you movie. don't have to watch the first one. <laughs> All right, let's give our quick one, two, three, whether we loved it or All hated right. it. One, two, three. Loved, loved it. it. I mean, loved this. Loved it so hard. I, I'm going to say something kind of crazy. I think this is better than, than the Guardians of the Galaxies. In some ways, I mean, for as for James Gunn's movies, I think this is beats out his Guardians of the Galaxy movie. If we're talking Certainly about volume yeah. two, yeah, yeah. This was so fun. I will say this: this was perhaps one of the best opening scenes, opening sequences of a superhero film ever. Yeah, ever. I screamed and laughed with joy when the title "The Suicide Squad" came up. Yeah. Considering everything that the 10 minutes that had happened before yeah. was hilarious and engrossing. It was so good. And if you all remember, um, God, at this point, it's like a year and a half ago, I was on uh, the new rock stars rogue theories about this episode, giving my theories of what was really the plot of it. Yeah. 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 And my thing was, is I said that Pete Davidson was playing himself and that they were going to rescue him, but he dies immediately. Because my whole point of that is that I wanted him to die immediately. And my wish, even though I was wrong, how my wish was fucking true. granted, and I was very so, happy. Yeah, so need, needless to say, heavy spoilers in this one. Um, so yeah, the opening where we, we pretty much have an X-Force from Deadpool 2 opening where 
you are introduced to who you think is the Suicide Squad, but they all die. Yeah. Except for the two and main characters that were in the first one. Except for the two main characters. Then it's revealed that Amanda Waller set them up to be the distraction, the decoys, so the real Suicide Squad, who then the movie is about, can get to their mission safely. Now, um, was Will Smith supposed to be in this? Was this was Idris Elba's part supposed to be Will Smith? I'm not sure, but Will Smith played Deadshot. Idris played... Bloodsport. Yes, but I'm just I'm just wondering, do you think it was originally written as Deadshot? Uh, yeah, I wondered that too. I wondered that. Um, potentially, yeah. But after the first one. I mean, but also, I think they just really wanted to wash the first one away as much as they could. Like, you needed Waller, you needed Flag, you needed Harley. Well, I know. I think Will Smith was asked to be in it and didn't want it. Maybe. Which I think he watches this movie and he's like, oh, I done fucked up. God damn it. But thank goodness, because... Thoroughly enjoyed seeing a movie with Idris Elba oh, so, in the lead. So hot. God, he's so hot and so great. He's just he's so great. great. Yeah. He's so good. He's part of the reason this movie is so good. But can I tell you this? He's so good. There's not a single... There's kind of like scene stealers. Everyone is stealing the show. Everyone. And they're all... The characters, each and every one of them are fantastic. I mean, even the beginning weasel, when they're doing the slow walk, and this weasel is like, I was like laughing hysterically. It's so fucking good. Weasel drowning immediately. (laughs) And everyone going, did anyone check to see if weasel can swim? (laughs) So (laughs) great. And then setting up, um, what's his name? Janju. What's his name from Guardians of the Galaxy? Yondu. Yondu. Setting him up as a main character. And then him dying this, like, pathetic. Pathetic, horrible, scare, like, scared shitless death. <laughs> and then by blowing his head up and then his brains and blood forming the words Warner Brothers Pictures presents. Yeah, it's so great. And then to introducing that conceit of the environment in each scene also serving as a caption for a moment. So great. So great. There's something very like um, it's it's the idea of trying to and it's like a lot of people hate and I don't hate it as much as other people do, but a lot of people hate um, Ang Lee's Hulk. Sure. Because and in it, I could see he was trying to be like, it's a comic book. So I wanted to make it that panel thing. And it's like, that's not how you do it. This is how you do it. it. This is how you do that. Like it was fun and campy and pulpy. And it's one of those things where you're just like, fuck, some people just, you put it in the hands of some people and you just like go, you, there's no way this can go wrong. There's no way that this can go wrong. Yeah. And James Gunn gets it. I mean, gets it so hard, but he also gets good characterization and good relationships and characters you care about. The only thing, though, is at a certain point, I just kept picturing, and now they die. <laughs> oh, you knew that. Because there were so many setups, not even the beginning, but just at every point, there were so many setups of as soon as something heartfelt was said, it was immediately followed by that person dying. Here it comes. Yep. Like uh, at the end when... Polka dot. Man. Yeah, exactly. I knew it's, it. I was like, like, and the second he's like, I'm a fucking superhero. Like, I'm like, Bye. here it comes. <laughs> Bye. Um, Polka dot man was amazing. The whole amazing. mother where everything seeing he his, only saw his mother was his mother seeing. And I mean, again, like 
Another reason this movie is so good, my favorite DC villain of all time, Starro the Conqueror, being the big Act 3 menace. Yeah. Amazing. And pulled off so well. But to, to see Star, the giant Starro the Conqueror, the big Godzilla starfish, as a giant mother who yeah. just had to kill. Ugh. So funny. I didn't realize the Invincible ripped that off. Like that, Well, not ripped off, but it was like, their whole Mars thing is that type of alien. Yeah. Because I was yeah. like, are they copying Invincible? And Joe was telling me, like, no, dummy. <laughs> Invincible is copying off of DC. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, to my favorite Star of the Conqueror story of all time was Grant Morrison's JLA. What a, an amazing Star of the Conqueror story. Very much centered on the little starfish wrapped around everyone's heads. Yeah. Um, and it's in that story, it's a little kid's belief in Superman that winds up saving the day it's fantastic um but polka dot man's great rat catcher 2 maybe my favorite character she's amazing she's so incredible but then like the 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 dick contest between peacemaker and um blood sport when they were just like who can kill people the most like because they're essentially the same character. The right? way they kept, but, yeah, it was like we have the same powers. Like, but it's the the way they were killing everybody. Like, there was like, and I don't like super violence, but it was a humor to it. It was so over the top that it was hilarious. Like when he just like that guy was sleeping and he just stabs him as he's like walking. like stab 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 stab. stab and normally that would by. be traumatizing to me, but I'm just like laughing how he just shoots the the radio in the guy's bathtub. Oh, and then it so turns funny. out, and but I even pictured it too. It was like, oh God, he's not tied up, is he? And then it opens up and like right. they're trying to rescue him and it actually they're all good guys that they murdered. Yeah. Oh, it's yep. so fucking funny. Hilarious. Or Harley Quinn, we're having sex with the president. Yeah. And, and Harley Quinn's like uh, murder scene where she kills hundreds of guys, but instead of blood, it's flowers. I wanted all of it. I was everybody. like, can the rest of us just be like this? Uh, it made it so easy, so enjoyable instead of kind of painful to watch. Yeah. Uh, speaking of dick contest, though, how about the shot of John Cena's dick? The close up of his dick hanging out to the side of his underwear, not hanging out of his underwear, but yeah, just hanging out in his underwear. Oh, that scene where it was just John Cena in his tidy whities I'm going to buy. There was also movie. an actual full on dick, too. One right. of the murders. Oh, yeah. One of the murders. The guy just with his fucking dick hanging out. He's <laughs> killed. Uh, I did, it had everything. It had humor, action. And I think because of that, I didn't mind. Because there was like all the dicks. I feel like because they did the dick thing, they were able to do the ridiculous busty secretary. <laughs> Yes. I don't know <laughs> why. I'm like, where they're tits where she's like, oh my goodness, security. And I'm like, why? But for why? some reason, but I was just laughing not? hysterically. It was so. <laughs> everything was couched in such humor that protected it and made everything okay. Yeah, it was just so good. And there was a part too where I love that it's one of those where, where uh, what's her name? Rat, Rat Catcher? Rat Catcher. Yeah. Um, when she was giving her origin story, and then Idris was like, oh. "I'm gonna get you out of here," and I said, "That either means she's going to die, or they're gonna be the only two left at the end." Right. And it was right. I was pretty close to my second one. 
yeah. of that. Although, and how about the cameo of who played Rat, Ratcatcher One, her father, Taika Waititi? Oh, amazing! And uh, although I was very, I was very surprised. I remember there's spoilers here that Flag was murdered. Very surprised Flag dies, and also God, Joel Kinnaman is so hot. There was a part. He's- so hot. There's a part where John Cena, oh. him, and Idris Elba were like walking in slow motion. Yes. And, and I was like watching it with some gay people. And I'm like, who? Oh. Who? Which one? And people were like, Ugh. everyone had a different one. It was just like, I mean, any of them. It could be any. Any of them. Even Cena. John Cena with his douchiness, he's still as fucking hot as fuck. He's so hot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also, can we just give appreciation? I, ever since the Sarah Silverman show, I've loved Steve Agee. He was then in Superstore. He's like the big, tall, ginger bearded guy. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, yeah, who's like so kind of, funny. Uh, I, and I, that's the thing is all of this is leading up to the new TV show on HBO Max. Right. Uh, where So the, the final credit scene, the stinger, is them um, recruiting Peacemaker, uh, who's basically comatose from injuries by the end of the movie. Um, it's going to be his show, right? It's going to be a Peacemaker show with... Amanda Waller's crew. Yeah, Steve Agee and that blonde girl are the other two stars. Yeah. yeah. And the poster, it just, it's a cartoon drawing of Peacemaker's head with that helmet. And it just says, oh, fuck, it's Peacemaker. <laughs> and it says, like, coming to HBO Max. I'm it feels like, like it's yes. going to be, like, the, the boys kind of. Oh, of course. But, I mean, at this point, yeah. we have. Which is great. But if you look at TV, sh- in the TV show universe, I'm I'm curious of, like, is this universe are the Titans and are the Doom Patrol going to be in the Peacemaker TV universe? I'm curious. I'd, uh, I'd think well, I'd want wouldn't some crossovers. They be in the, wouldn't they be in the Suicide Squad universe then? No, because they haven't been arrested. Suicide Squad are just the ones that are in jail. No, I'm saying wouldn't they be in the universe as the movie, though? That's what, Well, yeah. Well, how do we know they're not? Yeah, sure. I think I want them to be. Because coming next week is The Titans Season 3. And I'm hearing great, great things. There are a lot of people on Twitter who've seen it, who've seen screeners, who are like, Titans fans, you are in for a treat. And the first two seasons were good. So, I mean, if it's even better, that sounds great. I can't wait. I will say, I hope they have, like, a recap thing. Because I don't want to rewatch them. But it's been two years, almost. So I need I need I need do, a refresher. They should do what Disney Plus does with those characters before yeah, the show. Yes, like, hey, yes. here's seven minutes of everything they did in the movies. Yeah. Do that. But yeah, the Suicide Squad, I'm gonna watch it. It's off HBO Max. Did you see September. it? Did, I'm gonna watch it so many times. Did you watch it on HBO Max or did you go to the theater? I did. No, I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I watched Max. it on HBO Max. Yeah. I'm kind of avoiding theaters at the moment. Yeah, it's wise. Yep. Till I get my booster. Gonna get that my booster, booster baby. gold. DC. <laughs> DC. Who knew? Well, all right, friends. That was episode 190. What'd you think? Let us know. Oh, can I end it with something very sweet? Yeah. I got. You just made up with Peter. No, I ran into. He finally came out. In his 20s, I saw him at a gay bar in Baltimore. And I just was like, oh. And he looked at me and rolled his eyes and turned oh, away. Oh, fuck him. 
And I'm like, oh, hell no. Yeah, yeah, fuck him. Anyway, I got the sweetest message from somebody. Um, I'm not going to give their name, but I'm just going to read the message. Um, So this is from a fan of the show. Just message you because I want to thank you. You and Brett have literally saved my life in the past few weeks. For the past month, I've been on leave from work because I've been struggling with my mental health, the worst depression I've ever experienced. And in that month, while I've spent every day setting up and rebuilding my life, I've listened to every episode of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. You guys are literally the best. Don't ever stop. I have loved the X-Men oh since I was God. 10 and have loved Dick since the 8th grade. So you guys tick my main two boxes. You often joke about your two or three listeners, but please round it up to four or three if that other one dropped oh. off. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. This is such, oh I mean, this God. is, isn't, that, so isn't that just so sweet? That's so touching. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That really makes our day. and That really does. And uh, it just makes it feel like we're not, you know, talking into a void. <laughs> we, got a, we got a message from somebody who is a truck driver, much like my husband. He's over the road. And he says that what gets him, what he said, what gets him through his 12 hours of driving at a time is going through our whole... Um, going through episodes. all the old ones? That's the thing where yeah. I'm like, who would do that? But I guess people oh. do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were we were okay. Like episode one, two, three. I know you and I think we were garbage and didn't know what we were doing, but we were, we were listenable. I think. Yeah. No, we were funny. Sure, we're funny. <laughs> I think we're funny. I don't know. Because that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, we not only that's give you in depth coverage and go into and we know our shit. We also are funny, which, you know, I love all the other podcasts out there, but none of them are as funny as ours. Okay, girl, this took a turn. I'm not dishing any of the other podcasts that they're bad, (laughs) but we're the funny one. We're the funny one. We're the funny one. Um, No, that is incredible to hear that to have a positive effect on somebody's mental health. I mean, it, it doesn't get better than that. So thank you, everybody. And tell others to listen to our uh, comics. And also reach out to us. Send us messages. Tell us stuff to read because we'll read it. Uh, And send us messages and we might read it out loud on the show like we just did. Like we just did. All right, everyone. um, Go watch The Suicide Squad again. And again. And and again. We need Inferno to happen now. Yeah, I got blue balls, man. Come on, man. What are we going to do about these blue balls? I guess I'm just going to read some comics. Oh, okay. But what happens when you read comics, Brett? Well, I happen to know this, Evil Jeff. Oh, Um, you do? Yes, I do. Um, uh, When you read comics, well, that makes you queer. Queer. So that's what happens. Oh, shit. I'm queer. Mm -hmm. Bye. 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 Bye.